Storm Bowling Products. The Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Cindy Brummett. Cindy bowled collegiately at Wichita State University. She's now out on the PWBA Tour. Sydney, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, Sydney, I was looking through uh, some of your accomplishments, and you have quite a laundry list of them going back to your high school days. Three-time Indiana Bowler of the Year, Indiana High School State Champion, Player of the Year. You have all sorts of these accolades, and I'm curious what advice you would have for that high school player who's listening who is, you know, frankly, sometimes just trying to keep their stuff together, you could say, and um, and find themselves and how and then bowling. And you you seem to have have had the bowling side of things at a real young age. So, what advice would you have for them to uh, to keep their game going and and uh, and just do as best they can when they're out there competing? Yeah, I think I think a lot of high school players um, get caught up in thinking about the future, get caught up in thinking about getting recruited. Um, and the best thing that I can tell any high school player to do is to simply do the, the next right thing. So, um, if that's taking it one day at a time and, you know, working with a coach, um, that's a really big piece of advice as well as finding a really great coach and leaning on them and asking them what the next right thing to do is and what the next right thing to work on or focus on is and just taking it one day at a time. And I think, the recruiting and um, the future will take care of itself if you just put in the work on a day-by-day basis. And that's uh, super sound advice. And, and I think it's only human nature, though, for, for people to, I don't know if you'd say get ahead of yourself or not, but be so concerned about uh, what's going to happen. Are there any tips you have for people who maybe know that's the right thing to do but haven't been able to really apply it? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely that person, and I still am that person. I always want to look forward to the next cool thing that um, gets to happen. Like, I'm having a a pretty tough time sitting in the month of December because January looks so appealing. Um, So (laughs) I think I would simply to just tell them to be, like, it's okay to think about it. Um, It's just not okay to spend all of our time thinking about it. So it's about letting yourself dream those big dreams and knowing that they're there, but then almost almost making a game plan and running that back and figuring out the, the process and the steps that need to happen for that to be accomplished. And then every day it's reminding myself, okay, I'm going to put in all this work because I want to accomplish, you know, getting recruited by this favorite school of mine or whatever that may be. So, Cindy, uh, Sydney, it was announced not that long ago that Team USA head coach Rod Ross announced his retirement as a person who's on Team USA. What are some of your, your memories of, of Coach Ross and, and what really makes him what he is as a, as a person and, and as a coach out there for you ladies and, and for the teams? Yeah, I mean, Coach Rod um, is like the face of Team USA. Uh, ever since I had a dream of, of being on the team, you know, he's the person who 
essentially I needed to be on his radar. And he was the person who, when you went to team trials and he was standing behind your pair, you were a little bit more attentive. Um, so mm-hmm. my memories of him at first were, man, I just need to, I need to be on this man's good side, <laughs> essentially. Um, but it really, he was working with the best athletes in the world. And that's why I wanted to be on that team. And I knew that he was going to have a big impact on my life if I had the opportunity to work with Team USA. And my very first year on the team, they chose me to go to PABCON Youth Championships. And um, he was the first one to really challenge how I saw lanes and the first one to really help me be outside my comfort zone in in playing lanes. And I don't, I'm not sure that without Coach Rod, I would have um, excelled with learning about lane play and bowling balls as much as I had because he really challenged what I knew. And so when I got home from that event, um, even though we had done really well, I still had realized I had so much to learn because of his coaching. So although we spend such a short mm-hmm. amount of time with um, Coach Rod and the coaching staff, they make a really big impact on our life. And uh, although I wasn't on the team for very long while he was there, in comparison to my teammates, he was still um, a big factor in my bowling career. And, you know, when we're on the kind of the topic of coaches as well, I, I noticed you had a little shout out for Coach Lewis from uh, Wichita State recently. And actually, the first time I got to watch you bowl in person uh, was when you won the 2017 Intercollegiate Singles Championship down there. And Coach Lewis was there behind you. What, what are some of the big takeaways you had uh, from your time there at Wichita State? And what did you learn from, from the coaches while you were there competing in, in Wichita? Oh my gosh. Um, that's a big question because I believe that <laughs> that college bowling changed my life. Like but Wichita state is a very cool place because, um, I went to the reunion. They had a reunion while I was there, uh, while I was a student and I got to hear so many alumni talk. And now that I'm an alumni, I would say the exact same thing. Like the program, changed my life it didn't change me as a as a bowler like sure I got better at bowling and I learned and I became a great teammate but in reality it all happened because I became a better person throughout my time there so coach V and coach L were very much like father figures to me like I leaned on them through some of the best times of my college career but also they saw me at my worst so I think I just learned how to be a good human being, mostly how to practice compassion, how to practice empathy. Um, Because I was such a workhorse in high school, I didn't spend a lot of time with um, other people. I was always competing on the weekend. I didn't really, I I bowled in high school, but um, it wasn't a lot of time spent with the actual team. And so learning how to be just a good human being while at Wichita was probably the most important and like, beneficial thing that happened to me while I was there. So Sydney, as uh, as this coronavirus pandemic here continues, we've talked to bowlers and coaches and everyone has taken a, a somewhat a different approach to things. How have you approached things as far as getting back out on the lane, seeing, you know, you're, you're bowling some of your local things? Is that what you're trying to do and practicing as well to stay sharp for when uh, when the PWBA hopefully gets, uh, gets going again next year in, in 2021? 
Yeah. So at first, um, I felt pretty helpless. I wasn't sure what to do. Um, so I leaned a little bit on my mental performance guys, because uh, I wasn't really sure where else to look. So I leaned on them a little bit, did a lot of mental training at home, also took that time to focus on my physical health and those habits. So the coronavirus is really great for me because it gave me an amount of time to focus on making sure at a foundational level, mentally and physically, I was good to compete. And then I was also playing around with some Bull U tools while I was at home that I can just use in the grass at a hill um, in my front lawn and worked with those a little bit and also just made sure to get my hand in a bowling ball at least five or six days a week. I think a lot of people avoided that. Um, but I just made sure to get my hand in the ball and just throw it into a chair, um, maybe 10, 12 shots, just to replicate that feeling so it wouldn't go away. Uh, once we knew we were going to be on lockdown for quite a long time, and then immediately, once the bowling centers were open, I was um, jumping at the bit. I was in the bowling center. I was actually driving about an hour um, away from home for a couple of weeks to practice with a friend uh, at a bowling center. Well, it's a, it's a training center at a university about an hour away. I drive up there and bowl, but I just wanted to compete. And so uh, we have a local guy around here named Brian Reagan who will run anything and he has done an amazing job working with Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio residents to allow us a platform to bowl and helping us find venues that will allow us to bowl and doing it in a safe way. So I've been competing as much as possible. I think competition reps are very important. And um, just being able to watch ball motion on a, on a daily basis as much as possible. Now, I got to say that at the start of that there, Sydney, you, you said – coronavirus has been great for me. I, that's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> and I know, and, and I know, I know exactly what you, you know, what you were getting at there. And, uh, and it looked like you have used the time, uh, you know, you talk about ball motion, you know, the, the way that your, uh, your axiom pearl rolls out in the front yard is not going to be the same as, as it is actually on a lane. So you gotta, you gotta put down a, you know, a certain like kind of a lane condition and get, uh, you know, and get used to that shape. And, and what it takes to carry, but it looks like, yeah, you've spent a lot of time as far as your physical fitness and diet and stuff. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? What's been going on there? Yeah. Um, so I got in contact with some friends in the, in the fitness industry and um, I, I just want bowlers to, to be athletes. Um, those of us who want to, you know, separate ourselves from the recreation side of bowling. I think that would be a wonderful thing for our sport. And I really I dug deep and I, I questioned why the women who are at the top of our field are at the top of our field. Same with the men. And I noticed that almost all of them focus on their physical fitness to some extent. And so I, I ran that back to see what I needed to do for my game to be successful and then just created a game plan from there and then leaned on my friends in the fitness industry to help me create a nutrition plan that would keep me fueled throughout a block. Um, and keep me fueled throughout a, a long competition weekend on the PWBA, but also help me train to the best extent possible to fuel my body the way it needed to be fueled. Because I, I actually really struggled with that the previous year on the tour. I had some events where I was not my best because I wasn't fueling my body correctly. And I always leaned mm. on the fact that I was a picky eater for that reason and that I was, like, scared to have an upset stomach. But um, my friends 
told me that that was a crappy excuse and that we were going to find a way. So we found a way, <laughs> and it's all good now, and I've been um, running through that at these local events that are longer as well. Well, and um, for, from what I recall, the late, you know, you know, PWBA events are late Friday nights, early Saturday mornings, and then long Saturdays as well. So did you feel like, like you, you were a little, you were a little, I don't say run down, but a little after, like it was, it was harder for you to stay focused both mentally and then even physically as, as the day would wear on, on a Saturday or even a Friday? It was, so what would happen is I would have a, a decent block Friday morning um, and then I would go eat and come back and those first few games my head was always really foggy and I at first I couldn't figure out why and the reason is because of the types of fuel I was giving my body I essentially wasn't eating enough protein and fat sources I didn't have enough of a, a longer duration fuel source in my body um, I was eating too many carbs during that lunch period and my body also wasn't hydrated enough or fueled enough going into an event. So after those first eight games, mm-hmm. I would feel really run down. And then we would get out of lunch, come back. I'd bowl about two games, and then I'd feel fine again. And then I would, it's like, if you look back at any of my PWBA stops, those first few games, that second block, are never very good. And then the last five or six, I'd bowl some big games to make some numbers. Um and I didn't like that. I wanted to be in contention from the start. I didn't want to have to bowl my way back into cuts. I wanted to be bowling my way into shows. And um, that was a big difference with how I was fueling my body. At this point, it's like the little details that I have to look at. And I remember constantly saying to my tour roommate, Bree, I was like, I don't think I'm doing this right. I don't think I'm fueling my body right. And so coronavirus mm-hmm. really gave me the opportunity to dig into those habits because I was eating pretty much the same thing at every tour stop. Bree and I are creatures of habit. We basically go to the same places. So I was able to dig into that and then lean on some people who knew a lot about nutrition to fix that issue. And, and we've actually had Valerie uh, Bercier was on our, she's been on our podcast a couple of times and Heather Dorico, and, and they provided some great insight and in, in really the importance of, of uh, taking care of your body from a nutritional standpoint is, as well as a physical fitness and exercise and that stuff. And, uh, you know, are you uh, kind of, uh, are you using this as a, the time and motivation to push you towards uh, this upcoming PWBA tour season? How's that, how's that looking for you? Looking, is that too far out ahead from what you were mentioning earlier about kind of staying focused on the present or uh, what, no, what's, what's the PWBA for, for 2021 have in, in your mind right now? Yeah, I mean, I feel um, I, I have struggled with self-confidence in the past two years, the past two tour seasons. And in reality, it was for no other reason than um, I didn't feel prepared. I wasn't able to have confidence in my preparation. And now that I have a couple years under my belt and I know what to expect, I was able to prepare much better. And I believe that I am Hopefully, I, I think I am one of the most prepared people going into the 2021 season. Um, a little bit because of the grace of the state of Indiana being more open than some other states, being able to bowl a little bit longer duration of time in the 2020 calendar year than other people. But also just because I made a promise to myself to dedicate about 30 to 35 hours, um, some weeks even 40, on just my bowling, whether that was on the lanes and workouts knowing what good ball motion was, um, learning about bowling balls, 
just making sure that I was prepared. And so now it's, it's just going out and competing and trusting that training, which I've never been able to do before. I always felt that I had to learn everything while I was on tour. And now it's going to be learning those smaller pieces instead of learning big picture things. So I'm actually really looking forward to this tour season. It's coming up here in just about a little over a month. So I'm really excited. A final question Thank I have you. for you, Sid. Uh, tell us a little. I'm a dog person. Love dogs. <laughs> tell us a little bit about Rosie. For those of uh, those of you listening to this podcast who don't follow Sydney on Instagram, you got some great pics on there. T- tell us about her a little bit. She looks like she's just awesome. Oh my gosh, she's a bear. Um, she is a <laughs> Bernadoodle. So she is a Bernice Mountain Dog and a Poodle, which means she doesn't shed which is incredible. So even though she's super fluffy, she does not shed a wink. And um, she weighs 74 pounds, I believe, with all of her fur. And she's about (laughs) a little over a year old. So she's a toddler, essentially. Uh, The other day we went through the drive-thru at Starbucks, and she jumps into my lap in in the driver's seat. That's how excited she was for her puff cup. And there's nothing you can do about a 74-pound toddler. Uh, It's a little bit hard to train her, but she's great, and we love her so much. Well, Sydney Brahma, thank you for being here today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. All the best of luck with all your events moving forward. And uh, like Steve said, we'll be catching up with you again down the road, hopefully when we can all – you know, get together and be in the same place, whether that's, um, you know, cross our fingers like a, a bowl expo type event or somewhere where, where things kind of get somewhat back to normal. But um, all the best of luck with everything, and we will see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure.